Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, you are in for a very, very special treat. His name is Andrew Fitzgerald, and he's a native of Ireland, and he now resides in Oceanside, California. He's the author of a book called How Did I Get There? Now, Andrew has an interesting past. You will tell by his accent that he's not originally from the United States. But while he's been here, he's been a global beverage brand builder and has launched, managed, and scaled some of the world's biggest alcohol brands. A husband, a father, and an author. He speaks about what it takes to be successful in the corporate world and how to overcome health crises and other losses. Welcome, Andrew. Thank you, Dr. Allen. Thank you so much for your time and sharing your platform with me and your audience. Tell me, where is that accent from? (laughs) So I was born and raised in Cork, which is in uh, Ireland, in the south of Ireland, and I moved to Oceanside 11 years ago. Wonderful, wonderful. Tell me about your journey along the way. Well, it's been a very journey, but that is life, isn't it? Along the way, uh, we've had some ups and downs, and there's been uh, a lot of ups and a lot of downs, and I guess it's how I've responded to them. I grew up in a fantastic household. My mom and dad, uh, strong work ethic. Um, My mom was a homemaker and a home baker. You see what I did there? Um, she made cakes in her kitchen and she raised me and my two brothers and sister when my father left on a Monday and traveled Ireland and would come home on a Friday selling uh, ingredients for energy drinks. So he's way ahead of his time in the 80s. And I absolutely loved uh, helping out at the weekends when my father would come home. I would help the business on a Saturday and deliver the cakes to the local grocery stores. And I would merchandise them at nine years of age. And I could see uh, how important it was to get shelf space and speak with the managers. But what I most loved uh, was shoppers picking up our products and telling me how much they loved my mom's product. And from there then, I I just transformed my life into sales. But at the age of 19, Dr. Allen, I flatlined twice. Uh, I was born with a congenital heart issue that I didn't know about until... Uh, it manifested itself after playing uh, a game of soccer. So after a very vigorous game of soccer, my heart had a rapid, rapid heartbeat, over 250 beats a minute, uh, and it just wouldn't settle down. So after about 12 hours, I went and spoke to mom and dad. I said, hey, I'm not feeling too good. And we went to the hospital, and the hospital decided that the best course of action was to stop my heart and start it again. And, And thankfully, Uh, it did start again. Now, I do remember, and and the book talks about it in the opening chapters, um, heading down the corridor, staring at the ceiling, and a nun giving me the last rites in the event that I didn't wake up. 
And I guess the title of my book, How Did I Get Here, um, was when I woke up the next morning or shortly after the procedure and I said to the nurse, how did I get here? So that's kind of where the, the book name came from. And it happened a second time. So I went on medication while they did some investigative work and I was playing golf someday. So not the most vigorous activity. And again, rapid heartbeat. I had to get my friend to drive me to hospital because mom and dad were out at the grocery store. And uh, the doctor, again, felt the right course of action was to flatline me um, and start my heart again. And from there, then I got a procedure completed, basically at an extra pathway in the left side of my heart, which was ablated. So effectively as sewn up or uh, soldered. And ever since then, I have had no issue. Um, we were just chatting before we went live about swimming. And swimming was something I loved as a kid, but I stopped doing it because I thought my heart wouldn't be up to hope. Now I swim five days a week and I absolutely love pushing my heart, um, get the blood pumping and knowing that my heart self-regulates itself. You know, I think one of the things everybody should do every day of their life is to literally do something that gets the blood flowing, that literally pushes themselves to the next level. And if you don't do something that gets your blood flowing, you are the one that's to blame for everything. You're the one that doesn't make it happen. So why do you do that? So personal responsibility. You know, I think that you have to put yourself first, your health. Uh, why do I do that? Why do I keep myself healthy? Well, I have a three and a half year old boy that I want to be around for, for the rest of his life and make sure that he grows up and he knows who we are. And my wife, she's Irish. She keeps me in check too. So um, I guess, you know, having survived something like that uh, and thrive, and now as a father, I can only imagine what my parents must have been going through when they saw me in the hospital. So uh, I live life every day as best I can. I cherish little moments because that's all we have is little moments along the way. Um, we emigrated from Ireland in 2012 in seeking adventure because life is short and we ended up in San Diego and that was a tough transition too as much as it was adventurous and, and fun we, we still had to adapt you know and, and it brings up different things when you move away from home um, perhaps a loss of identity but equally the opportunity to go visit all these great places in the west coast of America um, meet so many great people uh, the cultural diversity the different types of food uh, the different sports, um, absolutely love it. And, and I've lived my life with no regrets, hence why I wrote my book. I, I didn't want to later in life, Dr. Allen, in my 90s, look back and say I could have done something about that or really wanted to do it. And, and a great Canadian, Wayne Gretzky, always said, you, you know, you miss 100% of shots, but you don't take, you know? You know, it's true. And you and I were chatting beforehand, and life had a peculiar way of sending you a curveball, even though you're so accomplished as a, as, a, as a salesman. Can you share that with our listeners? Sure. So I think, look, my career has been always been working in the beverage alcohol space. And uh, I've worked for some very big alcohol brands. Hey, an Irish man selling alcohol, not that difficult, but Along no, the way, well, that had, is really a dichotomy of terms. How the heck can an Irishman sell alcohol? <laughs> I mean, it's a mystery. It's one of the most trickiest things. Um, 
And again, that's great. The culture of Ireland is we're sociable and we are we 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 like occasions and of course alcohol and consumed responsibly is part of every great occasion. And I worked for some of the biggest brands and I've launched some of the biggest brands here in America, uh, amongst White Claw Hard Seltzer, Truly Hard Seltzer. Um, but I guess along the way there's been a few different tough times. Always in sales, you're gonna get a knockback, you're gonna get a no. I've never looked at that as a problem because that just gives me an opportunity come at it from a different angle or perhaps the customer it wasn't right for him or her on that day or maybe my own presentation I needed to do something a little bit differently or I needed to build more knowledge but I guess along the way you know I've had a couple of tough times being laid off in different jobs so you know right now with my book out I'm taking a little bit of a sabbatical and a step back to my corporate career just concentrate on that for a few months but I do hope to get going again and I guess um, I've always brought a David versus Goliath mentality to my job that's the culture I grew up in. You know, we're never resting. We're always looking to do more. But it, it's partnership. We sell with authenticity. We sell within partnership. And we take an interest in people. Now, I'm going to put a plug for you right here, Andrew. If anybody out there is looking for a world-class salesman, you need to get in touch with Andrew. And at the end of the show, I'm going to give you his contact information. So I'm speaking to you in business out there right now for people who need a salesman. Andrew has proven himself over and over and over again. If you don't take advantage of it, you literally are doing yourself a disservice. Thank you, Dr. Allen. Really appreciate it. What I would say to anybody else on top of that is, I'm a very enthusiastic person. I'm creative, entrepreneurial, and I'm so tenacious. You know, and that's part of it, isn't it, Andrew? I think the number one job of a salesman is being tenacity personified. Yes, yes, yes. The best salesmen I know don't take the word no. They take the word not yet. Well said. Love that. And, and, you know, and that's true. You know, no matter what you're selling, most people need what you're selling, but it might not be the right time in their life. So the answer is not yet. Correct. And, and, and again, persistence and patience, and it'll all come together very nicely in the end. One story I read, and I forget the guy's name, was the guy who sold more cars in the world than anybody else. And when he did was when he sold the car, he never forgot that person. So every event that went on in the year, Mother's Day, Father's Day, birthdays, Christmas, he'd send them a little card to remind them. Because every four or five years, a person needs a new car, right? So guess who they bought it from? Absolutely. That's very personable. I like that. I think that approach of, you know, you're not selling one car, you might sell two, three or four is a nice way to partner with people. You know, and when I was a dermatologist, I had customers for life. You know, the best patient I ever had that ever came into me was a child with acne because they'd grow up. And when they grow up, they need other things done. So no matter what, I was there to help them. And I'll tell you, I still walk down the street and people say, Dr. Laika, you helped me so much in my life. I really have a hand it to you. Yeah, absolutely. It's very gratifying. And um, 
you know, I've been a long time listener, but I guess that old chestnut first time caller. Um, and I've always enjoyed your wisdom, but your guests too. And it's, it's, a, it's a very well put together show. And I've got a lot out of it. Just to your point there, when you're walking down the street and you meet an ex-patient, that's how I felt at nine years of age when someone would say to me, I loved your mom's cakes. And that would make, make us as a family and me want to get more beyond time always show up for customers because we can't let we can't let our customers down they expect their cakes and and at 10 years of age i was selling internally and what i mean by that is i had to go to mom and dad and say guys we need to put uh, homemade labels on these we're missing out by not accentuating that these are homemade my dad was well how much are these labels going to cost and then i said oh we need a stamper because the stamper would speed up me writing homemade and it would be more efficient and I just that's the way i th- i thought and I've been very lucky to work with great entrepreneurs and founders in the beverage alcohol industry. And it's, it is, it is tenacity and it is, you know, being creative and um, you, you always keep going. Me, you remind me of one of the people that's going to appear on this show very soon. His name is Mark Victor Hansen. Now you probably heard of that name because he is co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul. <laughs> and he sold 500 million copies of that of that book. Now, what's more remarkable than that is the fact that at the age of 10, he wanted to get his bicycle, a bicycle. And the bicycle was terribly expensive, like $1,500. So what his father said is, if you want that, you're going to earn it. So he went to his mother complaining and his mother said, well, you can sell cards. There's this company that sells cards. And he said, you can go door to door. And when you go door to door, just tell them you're raising money to buy a bicycle. Would you like one box or two? So he didn't give them the option of no. He gave them the option of one box or two. You know, Mark, within a few months, sold like five or ten thousand dollars worth of cards. Now, Mark, th- this was in a day when $1,500 wasn't worth what $1,500 is now. Mm -hmm. This is it. So his father made him put half of it away for his university education. And yes, he bought his bicycle. (laughs) I love that story. I think now I I may be wrong, but I think it might've been something around his story about not, not being picked up originally by a publisher or or something. Oh yes. Mark was, it also had the problem of he wrote this book called Chicken Soup for the Soul with Jack Canfield. And and the way that name came up is Jack Canfield dreamt it in a dream and said, oh, this is great because, of course, you use chicken soup to cure illnesses and everybody's soul need to be cured. So he went to a book fair of all the publishers in the United States and they said, oh, this is going to be a slam dunk. They had 148 rejections before they got a yes. Now, what he kept saying was next, 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 every time he got a rejection, because he knew in his heart of hearts, there'd be somebody that would buy it. I love that. If you value your own work, you won't see that as, you know, you won't take it as personal rejection. You just keep saying next, next, you know, and you got to have faith that good things will happen and look what happened. So I can't wait for that conversation. That's going to be so empowering. Um, now that I'm in the author realm with my own book. So we'll see what happens there. <laughs> uh, that's important. And I think, you know, with being an author, I, I find it 
a bit cathartic when we write a book, but more important, it helps others to live the things that you've lived through. And as a result of that, they can get a better life living vicariously through you. Well, we're hoping to share the message of resilience, which is the core theme of the book and the core theme of my life. And, and resilience to me is the ability to overcome any obstacle. But often in times like I have had to do, I've had to learn from other people's stories. So I do hope my story has a, an impact on people to motivate them, inspire them, and maybe even transform them. Um, there's been so many ups and downs, as I said earlier on, but it's, it, it's here we are. And, and, and to your point about being cathartic, I found it very cathartic to write things down. I write my to-do list every day. That's cathartic. But then writing a book is, is another form of cathartism and even to reconcile some of the stuff that's happened. So I've, I've kind of achieved the three things already that I set out to do, which was write the book so I don't regret later in life. Two, hand a copy to my son, Alfie. He's my hero. Uh, he was our fifth pregnancy. Uh, unfortunately, we had four miscarriages. Um, we lost four kids before Alfie came along. So he's very precious. So to give a copy to Alfie and my wife, Jane. And then the third is, is, is for the reader. And I've had so many people reaching out um, with goodwill and support. And then those people have read the book. I can, I, you know, it is humbling for someone to read my book, uh, to buy the book, first of all, to read the book, and then to come back to me and tell me, hey, you know, can I tell you about my situation? And I'm, of course, um, I didn't realize. And I guess we don't all realize what's happening in everyone's lives. Well, that that's true. And, you know, listening, as I am in this field, I realize most people, we have no idea what people are going through when we go out every day in our lives. You have no idea what hell they're going through. So our it's our job as positive people to pick them out of the doldrums. And I challenge our listeners to do something positive for somebody else today that they wouldn't regularly do. Like today, I went through the drive-in at my coffee store, which is Tim Hortons. I bought my regular coffee when I drove through, but I then went to the clerk and said, I want to buy the coffee for the next person in line. Mm -hmm. Now, can you picture what that did for that next person in line? Absolutely. I think, the, you know, I, I, I'd say, first of all, stunned. You know, you probably threw them out of their regular routine. We're all on autopilot going through the drive through But Dr. Leiker, perhaps that person paid it forward to the next person. Yeah. And oh. I did it without anything, without any regard for what I was going to get back. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what everybody needs to do in this day and age is to do these things without any regard for what they're going to get back but just to do them. Yes, no, absolutely. I think that we need more of that every day, everywhere. Um, you know, there is an element of feeling good about it, but also just to do it, you know, be a good citizen. And we hope that everybody, you know, I teach a good example for kids too. You know, if Alfie sees me uh, and how I behave, he'll pass that on to his next generation. You know, that's our responsibility. Andrew, this show is called the How to Live a Fantastic Life Show. How do you live a fantastic life? So I stay healthy, I eat well, I exercise, and I truly enjoy every single moment because I realize these are just moments and I stay present when I'm in with them. There's lots of distractions nowadays, uh, so I stay present in the moments and I celebrate life. That is a great answer. 
Uh, can you elaborate on that a bit? Sure. So, I mean, we're, we're all run by technology nowadays. In one way, we shouldn't allow technology, but there's beeps and there's notifications. So I generally put my phone on airplane mode when I'm out with my family or if I'm playing golf or if I'm out hanging out with my friends. I want to enjoy and savor these moments. Eating healthily, look, yeah, of course, I love snacks. Of course, I love beer. But most of the time, I keep an eye on what I'm eating because we are, you know, what we eat and we have to be careful what we put into our bodies. But equally, staying healthy can be healthy in your mind, too. You know, so I read a lot. Uh, I keep an open mind. Um, and, and ultimately, let's be present with each other because life is short. Life is very precious, but it can be fantastic. Absolutely. Now, there are 5 million people listening to this show. How should they live a fantastic life? Well, you know, I would say to your wide-ranging audience across the world that you need to trust yourself. You need to back yourself 100%, no matter what it is, and enjoy every moment and celebrate life every day, everywhere with those you love. Celebrate. I love that term because that's something we don't do enough of. We absolutely don't do enough celebrating what we should do. Yeah, you should give yourself a pat on the back just because you achieved something. And, and it was something I never did. I just said, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. Hey, I'm supposed to get that order. But also celebration could be just the most basic things around us. Uh, I celebrate Alfie every day. He, he, he jumps into a toy box which usually is stuff that we just put in there to hide and make the house look tidy. But he's rummaging there for like 20 minutes. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he pulls out a toy he hasn't seen in a year and he's celebrating. So, you know, it's these small moments and we must celebrate everything around us. People we're with, the moments, the interactions. Um, my God, at 19 years of age, when I woke up after being resuscitated, I said I wouldn't have regrets and uh, live life and I'm doing the best I can. And of course there's ups and downs, but there's more ups and downs and seek out help and lean on people. One of the guests I had on the show is a phenomenal guy by the name of Ellen Klein. Now, Ellen has a philosophy that you shouldn't grow up. You should grow down. In other words, you should become more like a child again in your life. And through that, you should look at the world through a child's eyes. Mm. Can you picture what the world would like look like if you looked at it through a child's eyes? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I may have read something about that or heard something like be more childlike than childish, uh, if, if I'm recalling correctly. And I equate that to things I like look at Alfie, uh, just for a practical example, and he's playing with the most basic toy and he's getting so much fun and enjoyment out of it. I'm like, huh but he's being creative and he's embracing it. Imagine that, the possibility. That's how a child looks at the world. The opportunity and going after everything. There is no fear. Obviously, your gut will tell you not to do something that's going to be very dangerous to you, but embrace everything and seize the day. Drew, how can people get in touch with you and get a copy of your book? So my book is available on Amazon worldwide in every market uh, as an ebook and as a paperback. And then if you want to uh, reach out to me, I'm on my website, which is andrewfitzgeraldauthor.com. Excellent. Now, Andrew, uh, I want people to reach out to you if 
they want a world-class salesman. Do you have an email as well? Yes, sir. So it's Fitzgerald underscore Andrew at yahoo.com. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to short circuit and get one of the best salesmen I've ever met, you should do this right now. Because I know as I put this out there, with 5 million listeners, a lot of people are going to write. If you don't write, you're doing yourself a disservice. So certainly get out there and do it. This is Dr. Alan Leica. Check out my website, D-R-A-L-L-E-N, Leica, L-Y-C-K-A dot com, and sign up for a golden pearl a week. Because with each of those golden pearls, I'm going to give you an opportunity to win free stuff as well. Because I really care and I want you to have a fantastic day. Bye for now and live the life that you want. Do it fully. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Leica's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day. Fantastic day.